not represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? God's blessed and highly favored people doing. Amazing in Jesus' name, right? So here we are, last Sunday of the month, and the year just came in, right? But in this last Sunday, we're going to wrap up everything that we have been talking about when the year first came in, and that was being in alignment with God so that you can be on your journey, right? Because remember, he told us he wanted us to be in alignment with him this year, 
so that everything that he had purposed for us in our life would come to a reality for us. So, as we think back to what we talked about last week, and for those of you who might have missed last week's show or any shows from the beginning of this year or any shows prior to this year, you can find them on my show page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Go to What Would Kay Say? You can read my bio, find all my archived shows. You can also find me on Spotify, on Apple, and all other podcast platforms. So now, as we were speaking last week, I ended off part of the discussion talking about how the enemy will try to keep you from getting to your desired destination. And he will try all methods and techniques to defeat you. He will make you feel like you haven't heard a word that God has said to you. He makes you doubt your ability and your self-worth. He will even use those closest to you to stop the plan that God has placed in your life. So today's topic, we're going to talk about recognizing the attack. And we're going to start off with our first reading, which is John 10.10. And we know that Jesus told us in John 10.10 that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, that's what Jesus told us, meaning that there's nothing good that's going to come from a thief. Think about it. When you think about a thief and what they're capable of doing, you know that you stand to suffer a great loss. Because he's, if he's only coming to steal, which means he's trying to take something from you, to kill, he's either literally trying to kill you, he's definitely trying to kill the dream that God has placed in you, and he's come to destroy. He's come to destroy any good thing that God has given you, any faith or hope that you have been holding on to, he's come to destroy that because he wants to dispel anything that God has done in your life. He does not want you to see God for whom he is. So if any of you have ever experienced having something taken from you, you know it feels like a total violation, right? And it it makes you feel as though You've just lost everything. Even though you can replace it, at the moment when it happens, you just feel like you're stripped of everything. And I know I probably shared this story once before, but I feel it's worth sharing again with you because it speaks of the goodness and faithfulness of God towards those who love and follow him. So I'm going to tell you about the story once again of when my house was burglarized. And if it wasn't for the mercy of God who was prevailing over my life, because I'm a child of his, 
and he keeps a hedge of protection around you. No matter what the circumstances are, where would I be today? And I say all that to say, where would I be today? And I'm going to tell you the story and why I say that. Because I was at home asleep. And because we know that when God does things, it's not something that just happens just right then and there. It happens right then and there, yes, but there's always a sequence of things that have led up to it because when you think back, you're like, hmm, he was in it the whole time. You can see how his hand was in it the whole time. So going back to the story, that night before it happened, I was feeling very, very sick. I don't know where it came from. It just came over me all of a sudden. And I was basically up all night because I couldn't sleep because I was sick. And it was that kind of sickness that you pray for sleep because you're like, if I could just go to sleep, I know I'll feel better. But sleep never came, right? But when it did finally come and I started to drift off, it's like I was hearing sounds, but I didn't know if it was coming from outside. I didn't know if it was coming from the neighbor. I just heard faint sounds. But I knew I was just trying to get to sleep because I did not feel well. But then as the sounds got louder, I was like, wait a minute, is this, go- is this sound in my house? So I got up to see what was happening, still feeling sick, mind you. And I, I keep emphasizing the fact that I felt sick was because when you feel sick, you react differently in different situations because you're sick. So all you're thinking about is, I just want to feel better. So you're not really thinking about what you would have done had you felt to your full capacity. So as I heard the noise, I went to, I went and I opened my room door and I saw a flashlight on my stair, stairway. So I'm standing there, but I'm still half asleep, half not feeling well. And I'm seeing this flashlight and then someone turns the flashlight on me and tells me to go back to bed because I'm still groggy. So, of course, me feeling groggy, I do exactly what they say. I'm like, oh, I close the door, but the Holy Spirit there. And see, this is where I show, this is where I'm talking about the goodness of God and the hedge of protection that he puts around you. I close the door, but I lock my door. But now, mind you, I'm still not feeling well and I'm still groggy. So as I'm standing there, when I locked the door, that's when it like was waking me up, like pay attention. Because I'm like, then I start coming to myself. "Um, Why would I lock my door? And then I'm like, who is that in the hallway? So I flip on my light because the light switch is right there near the door. As I flip on the light. It's like it's quiet because I'm standing there thinking, okay, who was that in in the hallway? And I guess they're standing there thinking, I thought she was going to go back to bed. As soon as I flipped on the light, then I hear these feet running back down the steps. So then I'm like, then I'm really like afraid because now I'm fully awake now. I'm fully afraid. I'm fully like, what is going on? In all that, yes, I called the police. They came. They looked. They found a window that he probably got in, you know, through the window, whatever. And, but what I say to that story is, one, it happened 
a couple of months after I had just left my position and said, I'm leaving this position because I'm following my calling with the Lord. Remember, I told you that story, how I left everything to pick up what God had purposed for me. So it had just happened a couple of months after that. And the window that the person came through was a window that we've never paid any attention to. We always thought, you know, when you put the clasp on it at the top, that the window stayed closed. No big deal. Come to find out that was just a little clasp that you put on to keep the the window in place because the windows are on, um, the windows that I have, they're on, uh, what do you call those? They have like chains. They're like, they have chains in the inside of the window. So when you lift it, it's lifted by a, a chain. It's not the the new type of windows because, you know, I live in a brownstone, so it's the old type of windows. So when you lift it, it has the chain and it raises the windows up. But this window, if you just tapped it, it would raise the window up. And it was the window towards the backyard. But all that to say, home invasions was taking place all during that time. All you heard on the news was home invasion, home invasion. And even now when you hear about home invasions, people get killed, people get beat up, people are bound and gagged. My assailant? told me to go back to bed because I was groggy. Now that was nobody, nobody but God. Nobody but God. Yes, God knew he was going to come in the house. Yes, he knew that he had taken a lot from me. Yes, I lost a lot in that robbery, but I didn't lose my life. My life was spared. And everything that he took, God has replaced He's replaced it tenfold, but it it brought awareness to the fact of I need to secure my home because I'd lived in that house for years and we never paid any attention to that window. And we used to go to bed with the windows to the backyard open, the windows open. We had a screen and everything, but no gates, no bars, no nothing just for years. Just, okay, if it's hot in the house in the summer, you leave the window open because when you come downstairs, it's stifling. So you leave the window open so you could have that breeze coming through. Never thought about anybody coming through that window in the back. But God will let things happen to bring awareness to what's going on that you need to pay attention to. But going back to the fact of the attack of the enemy, he was attacking me because of what I had purposed and said that I was going to do. I left my position that, as I told you about, anything I wanted to do, called my own shots, was making money unlimited, I left to come and fill my purpose. And then the enemy was attacking me on it. So in this story, I'm giving you as an example to show you how the enemy will come and try to change what God has given to you to make you say, oh, why did I even leave? If I was still at work, I wouldn't have been here when it happened and this, that, and the other, or maybe it wouldn't have all these things that makes you doubt what God has told you. And I want you to remember on your journey, it's not going to be easy. And although we're getting excited about the word and what God has told us coming in this year and what he's going to do for us in our lives, if we get in alignment with him, I just want you to know, I just want to reiterate that in getting in alignment, there will be attacks. Because Satan is evil. 
And Satan is real. And if you don't want to believe that, I mean, he's as real as Jesus. I'm not saying he's as powerful. I didn't say he had power. I just said he's real. And I say that because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you've got to believe in Satan as well. You've got to believe in him as well because he talks about him in the Bible. But we must remember that only God is omnipresent. Satan is not. Only God is omnipotent. Satan is not. And only God is omniscient. Satan is not. And although we don't want to give credit to him for what he does, we must be mindful that he exists. Because how could you protect yourself against someone if you don't believe that they exist? Why would you even put up a fight? Because you wouldn't believe that they exist, so you didn't think that they could do anything to you. But you must believe. Sometimes he'll attack you personally. Remember, Jesus told us, steal, kill, and destroy. Sometimes he'll attack you personally. It could be in your body with illness. It could be in your workplace. It could be your coworkers. It could be your boss. It could be your best friend. It could be your family member. Because Ephesians 6, 10, and 11 warns us that finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, if he didn't exist, why would they talk about him? Why would they talk about him? And Jesus told Peter, he told him at the Last Supper in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. He told Peter, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about Look, looking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the, that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Think about that. He's telling you to be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Now, if you think about a lion, they call him king of the jungle, right? Nothing preys on a lion except for man. So if the devil is walking around like he's run, like he thinks he's running things, he doesn't care what it takes to lure you away from God. He doesn't care what he does to get into your head to distract you from paying attention to what God has told you to do. He will use anything and everything to distract you from standing strong in your faith because he looks for the weaknesses in your life and he exploits those weaknesses whenever he can. And my mistake, it wasn't First Peter 5, 8, and 9 where Jesus told Peter, it was Luke, but I'll get to that. If first Peter, from what Peter had experienced from what Jesus told him at the first supper and what he went through, this is where he comes up and Peter says, be sober and vigilant," Because he went through something himself even after Jesus had warned him to be careful of the way the devil acts. 
But if we continue to read in Peter, Peter also tells us how we can overcome what the enemy is trying to do to us. He says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So in those verses that I read in 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11, first when Peter was telling us how he's roaming like a lion, he was talking from experience. And then he was telling you from his own experience how you could overcome what may happen to you if you're not paying attention. And to fight the battle, when you think about it, when we want to fight this battle of the attacks that's going to come, we fight this battle, we pray for God to open our mind and to understand the reality and the tactics of the enemy that he's using against us in our life. Right? Because the only way you're going to be able to understand and to recognize the attacks coming against you is by the Holy Spirit showing you. Because when things happen, we automatically just want to react. And a lot of times it doesn't call for us to react. It calls for us to just stand there for a minute and recognize what's happening. Then take the right course of action. How we, ooh, sorry, how we should react. Right? So to fight this battle, we must pray for God to open our mind so that we understand everything that might be coming against us in our family, in our community, in our own personal lives, at work. We got to ask the Holy Spirit to give us power to resist the enemy and to be able to fight every attack that he brings against us. And here's where Jesus warned Peter at the Last Supper. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, we could place our name in that scripture. Kenya, Kenya, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus is letting you know. Satan asked for us. Satan asked for every one of us by name. But Jesus has prayed for every one of us by name. That our faith would not fail. And if it does fail, that when we have returned to him, because see, he says, when you have returned to me, because he knew Peter was going to fail him, but he also knew Peter was going to come back. So when you think about this, the Lord knows when you're going to fail him. None of us can stand here and say, we're never going to fail the Lord because we will. And it won't be on purpose. Some might be on purpose. We might intentionally fail him for the things that we do and we're conscious of. And some might be that we don't know. We're not aware. 
But in any case, we are going to fail him. And when we have returned to him, because he knows we'll come back, he wants us to, when he takes us in, he wants us to go out and strengthen our brother. Meaning, let others know what you have gone through, how you've overcome it, and what they can do to help themselves in whatever situation they may find themselves in. So, we thank God for the past victories that he's won on our behalf and for the ways that he's protected and provided for us in the midst of all these battles that come in our lives, right? We give him praise for standing there with us, for protecting us, for letting us be so aware that Satan is real and that he is out there looking to steal, kill, and destroy, roaming around like a roaring lion. And what's louder than a roaring lion? We have to be so vigilant. We have to pay attention. And we have to know that if we're following and getting our lives in alignment with the Lord, there are going to be attacks. I mean, you're going to be attacked regardless. Even if you're not following the Lord, you're going to be attacked because this is Satan's domain. He's going to attack anybody, but he's not going to attack his that are doing evil like he wants them to because he really doesn't have to attack them because they're already doing what he wants. The ones he wants to attack are the ones who want to give God all the praise. Like I said last week, he doesn't want anyone to give God any type of glory. And I said, and I even gave you the example of, Why would he want you to give God glory if he knows he could never get back into God's good graces? And the reason why I say he could never get back, because if he repented, he could get back. But he's not going to repent because he doesn't, he does not want to change what he thinks and feels. There's always a way back. And see, that's how you know how he's just so determined to just, deal with the end as it's going to come with him and take as many with him as possible. Because if God made a way for man to come back, God's love, God's heart is about love. Satan could bow down and repent. It's not impossible for him to do that. But he won't. Because he feels there's no need for him to do that. So anyone that's going to give God praise and the fact that he knows that we're able to repent and get back into where we need to be in alignment with the Lord, he hates that. So anything he could do to stop it, he will. So we just have to thank God for all the past victories that he's fought and won on our behalf. And we praise him for the hedge of protection that he places around us daily as we fight these battles seen and unseen. And with that, it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
what Brooklyn sounds like. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend in the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful Oh yes you have And all my life you have been so, so good every breath that I am able Oh I will 
Father, you're the worthy one. You're the worthy one. You alone are the worthy one. There's no
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in today's Op-Ed, of course, there's so much to talk about as always, but I always just want to pick the most important things to talk about at the moment. But of course, we're going to start off with something light which is not really light, but that just goes to show you how heavy everything in op-ed is going to be today, or just how heavy everything in the world is today. So we're going to start off with the the classified documents that are found all over the United States now in various homes of former employees, like really. And it all goes back to what I said. Who was in charge of the movers? Who was in charge of the packing? Now, Pence had documents, Biden had documents, Trump had documents, and if they check all the other presidents, who knows who else had documents? Come on. Stuff is all over the place. In any case, we need to just start paying more attention to what's being done, those who are in charge of packing boxes at the end of a term, make sure that everything goes to the National Archives and the things go to the movers. Don't intermesh the boxes just thinking it's boxes, just take boxes, right? So now moving on from that, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the sad story of the young man named Tyree Nichols. And we have to talk about this story in light of all other stories as well, because I'm going to bring in the other stories as well. But I want to talk about this one in particular because we're talking about the reoccurring situation with the police and their depraved indifference to human life. Right? And some may look at it as those who want to protect the blue. Oh, Look, they always want to talk about the white cops killing black men. But look, it was their own that killed him. It was his, it was their, it was his own that killed this black man. Yes, we do recognize that it was black-on-black black brutality. But it was police brutality. Those officers were a representation of the police department. So either way you look at it, it's still police, regardless of who's in the uniform. It's just the culture of what police feel overall about people of color or just people in general, how they could just run over people without any consequence. And in this case, I'm going to emphasize people of color because that is the majority of people, black men, that we see being brutalized at the hands of the police. Yes, I know it happens all across the board. I'm sure. I'm sure there are other ethnic groups that get beat down by the police. I'm sure. But how many die at the hands of the police? How many of these stories are brought forth to us that these other cultures are dying at the hands of being beat by the police? 
Not many. So I only have to go by the stories that I see in the forefront. And that's that police brutalize and kill men of color. And let's just put it this way. It happened in Memphis, which is a large black community. So it would stand to reason that the majority of the cops on the force would be black, right? So that's also emphasizing, too, it's the police, right? But let's think about this. Let's just think about this for a moment. We have the shootings in California, right, at the Lunar New Year that would both carried out by Asians against Asians, right? And every culture wants to say that, oh, we don't do that. It's only them that do that. Everyone always wants to point a finger at another culture as being the culture that's the problem or the issue, right? But if we can recall, there was another man that people disliked, and it was his own people that disliked him as well, and that was Jesus. Jesus was a Jew, and the Jews didn't like him. In fact, they despised him so much that when Pilate presented Jesus and the robber Barabbas, because it was a time of the year that he would let go whoever one of the prisoners, you know, give back to the people who they voted to have back. He had Jesus, who, when he was arrested, had committed no crime ever. And he had Barabbas, a known thief and a rebel rouser. And he asked the people, which one do you want me to give you back? And the people kept shouting, give us Barabbas. So we know the story of Jesus before he went to the cross. He was beaten to the point of almost dying, right? But then we know because of what was ordained of how he had to die, he died on the cross. But I say all that to say that we know that Jesus' death was for a purpose. He had to walk that road so that so that he could forgive all of this going on in human nature, right? He had to die on that cross beaten because he had to forgive all of this that's happening today. And the Bible tells us that it's just the nature of man because their hearts are increasingly wicked. Right? And I brought up the thing about the lunar shooting, the lunar New Year shootings, because I wanted it to be known Asians kill Asians. We had two we had two incidences, mass shootings, and a mass shooting is three or more people. So it doesn't have to be a, a dozen people to be mass. You kill three people, it's a mass shooting. 
Because in society, we're so quick to just want to point a finger at a particular group and say, oh, they're prone to violence or, oh, this happens to them because of what they do or how they act or the way they live or the way they carry themselves or everyone wanted to make excuses. And for years, they got away with making those excuses as to why certain things happen to certain people in certain cultures. But what God is showing us, And like I said, in this year, he was telling us, everyone get in alignment with me because I'm going to start showing you truth. And he's ever since the pandemic has ended, which was the pause in everyone's life. All you've been seeing is truth come out, truth of all different various types of truth, whether it be from documents in people's homes that shouldn't be there whether it be from congressmen lying on their resumes so that they can obtain a political office and then be able to control everyone else's life, truth is coming out. All you have to do is just really listen to it and look for it, but truth is coming out. So in this truth that God is showing us, he's showing us that the stereotype that Everyone wanted to hide behind and point the finger at and say, that's why that happens. And well, what did you expect? Or if you didn't do this, or they're usually the ones, or yeah, look what they're doing. Mm -mm. He's showing us Asians kill Asians. He's showing us black police officers kill black men too. He's showing us Jews don't like Palestinians. Palestinians don't like Jews. They're bombing each other over there in the Middle East right now. Yeah. He's showing us it doesn't matter what your culture is, what your religious belief is, where you live, the food you might eat, the clothes you may wear what you might find sacred to yourself. Human nature is human nature. And man's heart grows increasingly wicked. So for Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10, he tells us, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So in other words, God deals with man's heart. Not as it's presented to be. Our culture never does that. Our culture is peaceful and loving. It's them that does this. It's them that incites this. It's them that brings out. God deals with man's heart as it is, not how you want to present it to be. So until we seek God and choose the way that we treat and view one another, 
until we change our hearts towards one another or allow God in to change our hearts towards one another, we're going to continue to see stories like this. Because everyone still wants to stand behind. We don't do, it's them. Whereas what he's showing us is, it's all of you. It's all of you who don't follow me. That ends op-ed. So our word for this last Sunday in January, which had been our word when we first started the year, is alignment. And until we come into alignment with God, little change is going to take place. But he's showing you that. But everybody's alignment is different. Everybody's alignment looks different. Everybody knows what they have to do in order to be in alignment with him. And our promise, our promise this week is coming from Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So in this week, think about that promise. So when you're feeling overwhelmed from everything that you're hearing in the news, when you're feeling overwhelmed with everything that might be happening in your life, when you're feeling overwhelmed with all the attacks that might be coming at you because of your wanting to be in alignment and be in obedience, when you're feeling overwhelmed at just everything that is possibly going on and you're feeling heavy laden, he says, come to him and he will give you rest. And with that, I say, I want everybody to have a blessed week. I want everyone to enjoy their Sunday. They said it's going to get cold up here in the Northeast come the end of next week. We're supposed to be dropping in temperatures because we've been having extremely warmer weather than what we should be having this time of year. So just take one day at a time. Just make sure you seek God in everything you do first so that he can give you the direction, so that he can protect you, so that he can show you where the attacks are coming from, so that he can guide you to where you can go to handle the attacks and to stay protected. And until we see each other again next week, I say peace unto you all. I've never been that far off the track. Didn't think that I could find my way back. Wasn't sure if I even wanted to This was more than just a moment in faith Wasn't just a little phase in the way I could have closed my eyes to never see you again Again Hey, so many things that didn't make sense All it took was one thought for things to transcend Far beyond what I expected Ooh Try looking for answers in other places
but I know I can get it. Lord, I know that you will always have my back. Always hold me down, more than for a fact. Gotta keep my head on, I can't look back. They said it won't be easy, but I'm here for that. Know that I'ma make it to the top, no cap. Yeah, cause you said it to me. Only if I just believe. Yeah, cause you said it to me. I heard you loud and clearly. I 